Hello and welcome to another episode of Painting the Corners. It's Johnny and Logan back at it again. Today we're going to be breaking down the playoff races. We're going to do divisional and wild card races, both leagues, obviously. Um, checking out who has their division locked up, who's on the bubble, wild card contention, all that good stuff. Don't forget to check us out on our socials. Hit up the Instagram, Painting the Corners Pod. And our Twitter at the PTC Pod. Let's get into it. All right, let's start in the NL West because. That's where we're from. So uh, I think you guys probably know, if you haven't had your head in the sand for the last 10 years, who's leading this division. It's the Dodgers. Surprise, surprise. They've got it all locked up. Fangraphs gives them a 100% chance of winning the division. Um, And it looks like they're going to lock up the automatic buy, first round buy this year as well. Uh, We're one of the first round buys in the NL. Uh, so that's big for them, um, but of course not at all a surprise. Despite the Padres improving over the offseason and at the deadline, they're just way too far away to catch, what is it, 19 games now. So, yeah, easily the Dodgers here, far and away, they've got it locked up with a month and a half to play. The Padres are, well, they're in a weird spot because they they're seem like a great team on paper. But they have been sliding somewhat precipitously the last few weeks. They're now 10 games over 500. They're in the third wild card spot, but only a game up on the Brewers. Fangraphs gives them a 64% chance of making the playoffs. But they do have the fifth toughest strength of schedule left in baseball. So that's uh, pretty tough there for them. Giants are the only other team in the division that's, you know, remotely close to contention. They're five and a half back of the Padres for that third wild card spot. Now, as a reminder, just in case you guys forgotten, um, Major League Baseball expanded to three wild card teams per league now. So six teams per league make the playoffs in total, three wild cards and three division winners. So, yeah, Giants five and a half games out of that third spot. So definitely not out of the question, but given that they are a game a game below 500 and they've hovered about at that level for most of the year, it uh, seems pretty unlikely. Fangraphs gives them just a 3% chance of making the playoffs. Um, Diamondbacks and Rockies, obviously, very far out of contention. Um, they'll be looking to the next few years. What do you think about this division, Logan? Yeah, I think the Dodgers are the Dodgers. We already know that. Um the other thing with the Giants, and in my opinion, out of all the teams that, you know, quote-unquote have a chance to make the playoffs at this point, they're the farthest away from making it. They have the eighth toughest strength of schedule already down this stretch, and they're just honestly not that good of a team. They're a 500 ball club, and they're playing to that with their record right now. I think the Giants don't have a chance, which really narrows down this and a wild card race that we'll get into in a bit. The Padres, like you said, have just been in a downward spiral. And the frustrating part about it is it's not been against good teams. And they had this stretch of the last week, maybe two weeks of 
of playing subpar teams and including the Washington Nationals for seven games and they didn't take advantage of it and they allowed the Brewers to hang around and the Brewers have been trying to give the Padres that third wild card spot and now the Padres like you said with that fifth toughest strength of schedule it's going to be tough they're going to have to play some really good baseball and they're going to have to figure something out or they're going to end up missing the playoffs yeah so as you said seven games against Washington only four and three there against the team with the worst record in the big leagues lost two out of three to a Miami club that's well below 500 and now just got swept by Cleveland who is technically a first place team but really you know someone that you shouldn't get swept by um, they go to they go to Kansas City for three another very weak team but at this point there's just not really much confidence that they can take care of business there none and that's the sad part especially for us Padre fans and not trying to make this a, a Padre episode but it just sucks because they have this opportunity to take that third wild card spot and quite honestly it's really shocking that they still have it because when you look at the Brewers, who are pretty much the, the last team, in my opinion, that has a chance to make that wild card push here, they have just been on a terrible stretch of baseball as well since the trade deadline. And a lot of it is centered around that bullpen exploding. Since they've traded Josh Hader, they've blown save after save after late game opportunity. And it just keeps biting them in the butt. And yeah, Hader has not necessarily been good whatsoever in San Diego. Just the idea of trading away their you know best reliever has clearly hurt that clubhouse in some sort of way, and it's proving itself on paper. The thing with the Brewers is this. Fangraphs gives them a 54% chance to make the playoffs, which is 10% less than the San Diego Padres. But the big difference is the Padres have the fifth toughest strength of schedule, as we mentioned. The Brewers have the 22nd, and we'll have to see if that comes into play, if the Brewers can take care of business. However, just as the Padres have struggled against taking care of business against bad teams, the Brewers have come off getting swept by the Pirates. Like, they have not taken care of business either. Right now, it really feels like a situation where both these teams are trying to give the other team that last playoff spot, and neither one of them wants it. Um, The other interesting thing about the Brewers is they're one hot stretch away from being in the contention to win the division. Uh, Fangraph still gives them a 16.5% chance to win the division. While that's not very high, the Cardinals are only six games above them. Um, excuse me, five and a half. So there is a realistic chance that the Brewers go on a five-game winning streak and the Cardinals you know, lose four or five. All of a sudden, it's a race for the division. So that will be very interesting, and the Cardinals have been playing very, very well since the deadline, and they did their thing again where they make these you know, average-type moves, nothing too splashy, and those guys are panning out like crazy. The Cardinals, I think the reason that they have a really, really good chance to not only make the playoffs, which Fangraphs doesn't give them the 100%, but they are at 96.5, they have the 29th easiest schedule going down the stretch. The Cardinals are a team that I think, and Johnny, let me know if you share the sentiment, they're a team you know is going to take care of business when they need to. Absolutely, yeah. I saw a stat that the Padres have the second worst second worst record in the second half of play. So second worst record post-All-Star break um, since 2019, I believe. Second only to the Marlins. The Marlins are the only team that, that are worse. 
And I'm sure if we check those stats for the whole league, the Cardinals would be right there at the top with the Dodgers. Because, I mean, not even considering their 17-game win streak in the second half last year, they just always are a team that seems to finish strong and just, you know, hang around in the first half and then, you know, turn on the afterburners when it's really important in the in the home stretch of the season, which is obviously what you're trying to do as a team. So do you see any realm, or, or maybe not even any realm, but do you see any sort of way in which the Brewers win this division? Or do you think the Cardinals pretty much have it locked up at this point? Well, I mean, there's always a chance, as you said. I mean, it can be one, one five-game losing streak and five-game winning streak and flip it on its head. But I don't see it, personally. You need, if you're the Brewers, you need some kind of, you know, spark. In years past, it would, it would have been Yelich. Yelich carried this team for two years on his back and then broke his back. And now he's a league average hitter. They don't have any difference makers offensively. Willie Adamas hasn't been the same this year. McCutcheon's having a decent year, as he usually does, but he's certainly not, you know, 2014 Kutch anymore. Rowdy Telez is having a good year, but there's nobody there that's like, wow, there's no Goldschmidt, there's no Arenado, there's no MVP candidate on this team. And the Cardinals have two right there, Goldschmidt and Arenado. They have other supporting players as well. Their offense is clearly better than the Brewers. Their pitching is probably on par, which is surprising to say because the Brewers' strength was supposed to be their pitching. But outside of Burns, uh, Woodruff has been hurt and somewhat inconsistent. Lauer has been kind of bad after a good first half. Um, Hauser has fallen off this year. And then obviously trading Hader hasn't helped their bullpen. They got they got Lamette back in that deal and promptly DFA'd him. Taylor Rogers has been just as bad for the Brewers as Hader has for the Padres. So, I mean, outside of Williams and a few other solid relievers, it's not you know it's not the dominant force that that pitching staff was supposed to be. And I think it's pretty much equaled by the Cardinals, especially if um, new deadline acquisition. Jordan Montgomery keeps pitching to a 0-3-5 ERA the rest of the way, which anything seems possible for the Cardinals. But yeah, I think this is their division to lose, and I don't think they will lose it because they're the Cardinals, and they do good things, like a good franchise. Yeah, and I would tend to agree. I will say this. The only way that I do see the Cardinals somehow falling into that second place slot in the NL Central would be if some massive regression occurs in the starting rotation and their offense goes on a cold slump, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. I just, just no way that's going to happen. And speaking of no way that's going to happen, let's talk about the NL East and the dominance that they have up top right now. And there's no way that they are not going to have at least two, but probably three playoff teams, which is kind of surprising to some, um, but at the end of the day, the Phillies have finally performed to expectation, and it looks like they are going to grab hold of a wild card spot. Fangraphs gives them an 83%. I would say they've ex- exceeded expectations because my expectation is they're going to be a 500 team because that's what they have been for the last 17 years, it feels like. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I guess I say they've finally lived up to expectations. 
because three years ago they were supposed to be this and we've expected that for the last three years and they finally came through and did it. But I will say this division is freaking good. When you look at the Braves and the Mets up top, both are already given 100% chances to make the playoffs. The Braves find themselves a game and a half out of first after a very tough first month, month and a half. The Mets have played strong all year. When you're looking at strength of schedule, the Phillies have the fifth easiest, the Braves have the seventh, and the Mets have the easiest. So the Phillies would have to have some sort of massive collapse to end the season. The Braves and the Mets, though, that's a great, great division race. And like I said, a game and a half separate the two. The Mets are given a 75.9% chance to win that division. The Braves are given a 24 Man, I could go either way on that. What about you? Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i a little surprised to see it this skewed in favor of the Mets because the Braves have certainly played like the better team the past few months because obviously back in June, it looked like this race was completely locked up for the Mets. They're both obviously very good teams, the best two teams in the NL outside of the Dodgers, and they can you know give the Dodgers a run for their money in a playoff series. It's tough because the Mets have Scherzer and DeGrom, obviously, which makes any lineup quail in its boots. The Braves are, I don't know, I would hesitate to say more complete, but they probably have a bit longer of a lineup. Um, Matt Olson's been raking for them. Obviously, Austin Riley having another great year. There's star power on both sides. I could definitely see this one going either way. I would lean towards the Mets a little bit just because, um, as you said, they do have that super easy schedule and they just have the, the game and a half lead. But, you know, as as much as we said, the Cardinals six game lead could evaporate in a week. This lead can evaporate in two days. So that's uh, just how baseball works. But I'm super excited to see how this one turns out. I will definitely be following this one. An even bigger implication that this first place race has, like we said, both teams are making the playoffs. Whoever wins this division is getting a bye, and the other team is going to be a wildcard team playing a three-game series in which anything can really happen. Um, You know, that is in itself a scary thought to have if you're the Mets or the Braves because you do not, the last thing you want to do is go out there and win 95, 96 games, whatever it may be, and not have that first round buy. And now you have to face some really, really good team that you were not hoping to face you know, until you got to a deeper series. And I think the thing that makes both these teams dangerous is they have the rotations and the teams to win a five, seven-game series. In a three-game series, like I said, all it takes is you lose game one because you know the other team's starting pitcher dominated you, and now you have to win two in a row. And so I know if you're the Mets, especially especially the Mets in my opinion, you do not want to get to that three-game series. It has nothing to do with the fact that I don't believe that their rotation when it comes to Scherzer and DeGrom are the two best guys that you're going to have to face in any playoff series. All it takes is for one of those guys to go seven innings and allow no runs, but then they face, you know, freaking Zach Wheeler, and he does the same thing, and then their bullpen allows a run. Now they're down a game. And even if Scherzer wins it, what are you going to run Bassett out there? And with the Braves, 
it's the same thing. Like you do not want to be in that position. And that's why this race is going to mean so, so much because the Cardinals are not going to get that, that second um, buy slot. I just don't see it happening. I'm really excited for this race. And I, and I kind of think that major league baseball did a great job in giving these buys because now we have another thing to consider when that last week of the season comes into play. You're not only having teams competing for the playoff slots and, and seeding, now you're playing for buys and not having to play in a short three-game series. That is huge Absolutely. in and of itself. Yeah, no, I was I was a little worried about this playoff format. I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, going up to 12 teams, we all thought, you know, maybe it's going to kind of dilute the, the field, kind of get some more middle-class teams into the playoffs. But I really like this. As you said, the buy is a huge incentive to miss – you know, that three game crapshoot um, is is definitely huge. And I mean, while we're on that point, three game crapshoot is certainly a lot better than a one game crapshoot. Yes. Um, but it's still, you know, teams lose three game series. The Dodgers lost a three game series at home to the Pirates. You know, it, it happens. So, yeah, it's it's definitely big to get yourself into that division series five game matchup preferably with home field advantage yeah and, and if i had to go out i don't know according to fan graphs this would be going out on a limb i think the braves end up winning this division i just think that they're more experienced in these sort of situations and you know given the mets history of not necessarily living up to expectations not that they haven't lived up to expectations this year i just really think the braves like you said have been a better team so far the lot in the second you know third of the season so far i gotta give this one to the braves i think they end up pulling this one out and overtaking the mets in that last week which then gives the mets a scary proposition of facing the phillies most likely yeah i don't know if mlb is gonna swap that around they've kind of done some work to keep division matchups um out of the first round in years past but it seems pretty rigid with this uh, style of postseason format. But yeah, I mean, the Braves, certainly I could see them winning it. The Mets are another team, like the Padres, that seems to always kind of run into a wall in the second half. Obviously, they have a better team than the, this year than they have since they went all the way to the pennant in 2015. But um, yeah, they always seem like well, they always pull the Mets, it seems like, you know. And hopefully right. with hopefully with Showalter at the helm, he'll, you know, steady the ship, keep it on track. But you never know. You never know. That's very true. So then let's kind of set up that wild card picture. Like we said, the top two winning division teams get the bye, and that's obviously going to be the Dodgers. And I think it's pretty obvious to say that's going to be either the Mets or the Braves. So yeah. the Cardinals being the worst division winner given at least what we've predicted so far, assuming the Cardinals win the division, they're going to play the lowest wildcard scene. And right now, that comes down to three teams. It's either going to be the Phillies, Padres, Brewers. We've kind of eliminated the Giants in our mind. So let's, just, let, let's get it down to the Phillies, the Padres, and the Brewers. Those three teams are all within game and a half of each other, it looks like, maybe two. So anything can really happen there. Like we mentioned, the Padres have the significantly tougher schedule than those two teams. The, the 
team in that scenario that is the best out of all three, which would be the second wild card team, would face either the Braves or the Mets, whoever doesn't end up winning that division. So I guess my question to you is this. Assuming it's a three-team race for that final two wild card slots, who are the three teams? Or who are the two teams? Well, I don't know. It comes down to it's the Phillies. It's it's honestly amazing to say this after so many years of disappointment from the Phillies, but they're in. I don't see them falling out of this this time. And then it just comes down to who wants it least between the Brewers and the Padres because it just seems like they're both free-falling. And, uh, I mean, there's arguments for both, clearly. This wasn't supposed to happen to the Padres this year. They supposedly fixed their managerial issues, bringing in Bob Melvin, widely respected manager. Um, Certainly pretty shocking to see this sort of collapse under him. But, I mean, at the same time, the Brewers under council had been remarkably steady the last four years as well, and they're collapsing. So both teams have the talent on the field. The Padres have more talent, clearly. It's hard to get better than Soto, Machado, etc., and that pitching staff. I don't know. I mean, all it takes is one series. You get a sweep, even win two out of three, just kind of resets the mood in the clubhouse. Somebody gets hot, you know, your pitcher throws a CG shutout, you know, something to fire fire everybody up. It can have it can be either one. It could be either one. Really hard to say at this point. If I had to make a prediction, the odd team out in this scenario for me is the Padres. And it really comes down to the the difficulty that they're gonna have to face in their schedule coming down the line. You know, I tend to agree with you. I think the Phillies are kind of a lock, which is weird to say because they're not giving themselves a massive buffer in terms of how many games up they are on the Brewers. But and also they're not like they're not a clearly better team on paper than either the Padres or the Brewers. I would say they're a clearly worse team on paper than the Padres. No, 100% agree with you. But it's just there's something that is philosophically wrong with the Padres and with the Brewers at this point in time, they haven't had this overarching issue like the Padres have. I I just, I have this feeling that the Padres are going to be that odd team out because when you can't handle winning against the bad teams, not that I have all this faith in the Phillies and the Brewers, you know, going and sweeping all these terrible teams that they have to face to end the year. They're just going to win more series, in my opinion. And it doesn't take them sweeping. I just think that the Phillies and the Brewers are just going to win more series than the Padres. And that's all they really have to do. Yeah. That would certainly be depressing for us as Padres fans, especially after last year's collapse. So let's not talk about that anymore. Let's move to the AL. Much more exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Starting in the AL West, Astros have... Locked up the West, 100% division odds, according to Fangraphs. Uh, a little surprising because the Mariners are 12 games out. Um, not completely insurmountable. It would be a pretty historic comeback, but not out of the question. Um, the M's are in pretty solid uh, playoff position. They're in the last wildcard spot, but only a game and a half back of Tampa Bay for the top spot 
and they're two and a half up on Baltimore uh, before they get knocked out of the playoffs. Other than that, though, the division is pretty bleak. The Rangers had somewhat high hopes to at least be mildly competitive this year. They are 10 games under 500, 22 back in the division. The Angels had even higher hopes, uh, especially after a 27 and 17 start, but they are 52 and 71, 26 and a half games back. I saw a stat today that blew my mind. Joe Madden was fired on June 7th. The Angels were 27 and 29. So if you do some quick math here, it is now August 24th. The Angels have 52 wins. 52 minus 27, that's 25. So interim manager Phil Nevin has still not won as many games as Madden. That's mind-blowing to me. He's 25 and 42. Madden was 27 and 29. That's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't really blame Nevin for this, but it's pretty unbelievable that he's that much worse than Madden has been or was for them. Um, But yeah, we don't need to talk about the angels anymore. They're well out of contention and the A's even farther back drawing like 3000 fans per game on a good night on a good night. Yeah. Las Vegas. Here we come. Um, Yeah. So yeah, as we said, Mariners in wildcard position, they're at an 87.3% chance to make the playoffs. So looking pretty solid there. And they also have the third easiest strength of schedule remaining. So we're all holding out hope for Seattle to make the playoffs for the first time since 01. That would definitely be a great story. Um, Okay, let's head over to the Central, which is, (laughs) as everyone predicted, the best division race, well, maybe second best division race remaining outside of the NL East. it's just unbelievable. I can't I can't imagine saying this at the beginning of the year, that the AL Central would be the best division race. It looked like the White Sox should run away with it on paper. The Twins were coming off an awful season last year. The Guardians looked like the same 500 team they had been for the last five years, except with a different name. And the White Sox just looked like they were ready to take over. But instead, it's the Guardians, 10 games over 500, sitting pretty in first place with... 72% chance to make the playoffs and a 65% chance to win the division. Twins are languishing only three games above 500. They only have a 15% chance to win the division. And the White Sox are four and a half back, 62 and 61, just one game over 500. Fangraphs does give them better odds to win the division, 20 and a half, uh, probably because they have a very easy schedule remaining, fourth easiest in baseball. But Man, I mean, did you see this coming, Logan? <laughs> no, no. I thought this division was the easiest to predict in the preseason as to what would happen in it. And the shocking part to me is with the White Sox underperforming to a one game above 500 record, that they still have a, a 20% chance to win this division. This This division is terrible. And none of these teams are going to win a playoff series, and it wouldn't surprise me if any of these teams win a single game in a playoff series. But the thing is, I am the most confident in the Guardians. I just, like, 
no, there's nothing on paper that should tell me or you or anyone that the Guardians, yeah, that's the team that you should be the most confident in. You should be the most confident in the White Sox or the Twins, quite frankly. But there's something to an aspect of what you see and what you feel. And I just feel significantly more confident that the Guardians have this than I do the Twins or the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, they've forced our hand with how they've been playing. 10 games over 500 isn't setting any records, but it's a solid, solid record. And I don't know, when compared with what the Twins have done, what the White Sox have done. And remember, the Twins got out to a hot start, too. So they've been playing under 500 for the last couple of months. The White Sox have been around 500 all year, which is almost worse than what the Twins have done because they haven't really shown any hot stretches at all. And yeah, that just leaves the Guardians kind of steady Eddie, just kind of flowing along, winning series most of the time. So yeah, I mean, three and a half games is certainly not very much on paper, but it is hard to see them falling out of this one. I don't know. No, 100%. I also think the other thing is when we look at playoff odds and division odds, according to fan graphs, the White Sox have higher numbers than both than the Twins. I would actually disagree with that. Even though the Twins and them are uh, absolutely identical in record at, at this point, um, and, and the Twins do have a, a tougher strength of schedule, the White Sox have the fourth easiest going down the stretch. I have absolutely no faith in the White Sox to take advantage of that. Because, like you said, they have not done that all year. They have been a meddling team the entire year. They've not had a hot streak. That's what you want to see, right? You want to see a glimmer of hope. Like, oh, we can look back to, you know, June 3rd through June 25th and see that the White Sox, you know, they won 20 games in that stretch. They didn't, and they haven't had one of those all year. And to your point, how are they going to do that now? They've had stretches where they've played terrible teams. So what makes it any different now that we're going through the last stretch of the season? The interesting thing about the Twins is they've been playing really bad as of late. And as of late, I mean the last week. But they weren't sucking prior to that. They just kind of were slowly fading. I can see a situation that when Tyler Molly comes back from his shoulder inflammation, which should be fairly soon, they kick it into hyperdrive and they can get that division. I don't see it likely, but I could see them getting the division. The scary part for the Twins and the White Sox is this is a loaded, loaded wildcard race with lots of teams in contention. And so if they don't win the division or if the Guardians don't win the division, they're going to have to play really, really well. And quite frankly, in my opinion, the only way two teams make it out of this division is if two teams get insanely hot down the stretch and it insanely because I don't see a situation where one two teams make it out of division otherwise yeah I totally agree with you the White Sox I see I really have no faith in them the twins at least have the advantage of having had an aggressive deadline um, which can you know inspire your clubhouse a little bit more the Guardians didn't but I mean, they've just been playing well with the group they have. So, I mean, that gi- that gives me a little hope for the Twins with Molly, um, as you said. But, yeah, just a very weak division. 
overall. And yeah, the, the Twins, they're four games back in the division and four games back in the wild card race. So it's not any easier in the wild card picture for them. No, and it's honestly more crowded. And the reason it's so crowded is because the arguably the deepest, and I don't think it's arguably the deepest division in all of baseball, the AL East, is loaded with competitive, highly competitive teams that are fighting for that wild card spot. The Yankees all but have it locked up to win the division. Fangraphs gives them a 91% chance. They were at 99 not too long ago before they've kind of had a little bit of a mini collapse themselves the second half. I see them turning that around. I don't see a situation in which the Blue Jays or the Rays, who both have less than 10% chance of winning that division, to catch them. So assuming, unless you disagree, Johnny, that the Yankees win the division, you have four teams that are within reach of a wild card spot. You have the Rays and the Blue Jays who are firmly submitting themselves in that picture right now as the one and two seeds above the Mariners, but the Orioles are not that far off. They're only two games out. They're the first team out right now, and the Red Sox technically have a chance. They're six and a half games out, and and I don't see them doing it. They have a tough schedule, 10th toughest going down the stretch, matter of fact, but I think we should at least mention them because it is the Red Sox that made the playoffs last year. You never know, but odds are not in their favor. But this division, I mean, feasibly, could have four playoff teams. They, they could. Yeah, and that would obviously be the first time in history that that's happened because there's this is the first time it's possible. But, yeah, I, I do agree that the Yankees have the division. Rays and Blue Jays are a lot more interesting in terms of the wild card picture, the Rays just leapfrogged the Jays by a half game, but the Blue Jays have a much higher playoff uh, have much higher playoff odds. Ninety four percent to the Rays seventy nine percent, probably partly due to the Rays having a tougher schedule, but also probably just because Zips uh, the Fangraph Fangraphs projection model just likes the Blue Jays better as a team. Can't really blame them, um, but the Rays also always seem to outperform their projections, at least a little bit. So that's definitely going to be interesting down the stretch. Uh, if we look at the wild card picture as a whole, Rays and Blue Jays are both in as the one and two seeds currently in the wild card, the four and five seeds overall. So, and then behind them, as we mentioned, is the Mariners in contention. We got the Orioles two games back, which is pretty crazy. The Twins three and a half, the White Sox four and a half, and the Red Sox kind of hovering around six and a half. Um, as you said, I I really don't see the White Sox or the Red Sox, excuse me, making a move, and for that matter, I don't see the White Sox either. But I do feel like I should mention the Red Sox are at sixty and sixty three, which means they're clearly in reach of five hundred. And if they finish above 500 and the Orioles don't collapse, that would mean that the AL East would have all five teams finish above 500, which would be amazing. Never happened before. Anyway, sorry for that little side note. But I don't know. I kind of feel like this current situation, Rays, Jays, Mariners, is how it's going to end up. The Orioles are a great story, but... I don't know if they have the firepower to keep up with those teams above them. 
the Twins haven't inspired much confidence lately, and then the White Sox and the Red Sox as well. I don't know. What are you thinking? No, I totally agree. I think it's going to be those three teams. I will say, the interesting thing now comes into play with the seeding again, and this is why this is this new format is just so fun because there's endless possibilities with the seeding. Assuming the Astros and the Yankees end up with the two top records, which I think is a fairly safe bet, the Guardians, based on our projections at this point, would be the one division winner that doesn't get a bye. So they would play the worst wildcard team. Now, if you are the Rays, Blue Jays, or Mariners, would you rather play the Guardians or would you rather play any of those three teams I just mentioned? Because for me, I'm wanting to play the Guardians. So then I want to be the third seed, correct? Yeah, the third wild card, the sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, you can see it in the National League too. I mean, if you don't want to play the Mets or the Braves, you might want to kind of sneak in as the last wild card. Obviously, it's very hard to control that and you don't want to miss the playoffs entirely and also you want to go in to the playoffs you know feeling good about the way you're playing you're not going to just tank the last few games but it is an interesting consideration there for sure and so with that said assuming these are the three playoff teams the Rays the Blue Jays and the Mariners who all have fairly identical records at the moment all within a game of each other it's very interesting when you look at strength of schedule because you have the Mariners who have the third easiest going down the stretch, the Blue Jays who have a middle of the pack strength of schedule, and the Rays who have the third toughest. And listen to who the Rays have to play because not only is it the third toughest, they're playing some legit teams a lot. So they have to play the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees 12 times combined down the stretch. Oh, and let me not forget, They have to play the Guardians three times. And I think the most interesting one is they have to play the Toronto Blue Jays, who they are within a game with in in the wild card standings right now, nine times. Nine. Wow. So the Rays have a very difficult stretch right now. Not to say that they're going to miss the playoffs, but if they get lit up by those teams and they go on these, you know, if they lose a ton of series, there is a definite scenario in which they not only get that third seed but could miss the playoffs because that is a tough stretch yeah undoubtedly i mean that right there those nine games could decide the seeding in the wild card race or even kick one of these teams out that's pretty intense those games are certainly going to be packed at least in toronto probably not at the trop because the trop never gets packed but (laughs) definitely must see tv there the rays Kind of like the Cardinals in a sense of you just don't really see them collapsing because they've been such a steady presence over the last half decade that it seems like they're just always going to be fine and make the playoffs and have a little run in them no matter what. The Jays are a bit more confusing. 2020, they looked like they were, you know, arriving early, made the expanded playoffs but got bounced in the first round. And then last year had a huge run in them, but still fell short, just short of the playoffs. So, I mean, they're definitely hungry, but at the same time, if you look at their roster and you look at their big names, they're not 
it's not who you expect that's carrying him. Bo Bichette has had a down year. He's had like a he's hitting two sixty with a mid seven hundreds OPS. I think you know above average, but not nearly you know a star level production that we've come to expect from him. And Vladdy coming off his MVP season or MVP caliber season, I should say, second to Otani. He's not even close to putting up the same numbers as he did last year. He's still great, but he's nowhere near superstar level like last year. They're actually being kind of carried by their pitching right now, which is pretty wild because it seemed like going into this year that they had the deepest lineup in the league maybe. Um, But Gosman has been outstanding for them. Manoa has obviously been outstanding for them. And they've, they've found some good production out of the back end of their rotation as well. So, you know, if we're looking at this on paper, it's it's never going to be the Rays because the Rays never have anyone who's, you know, a standout name. But they always seem to perform anyway. So, tough to predict here. But I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I think it's going to be these three teams. Probably in this same order, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rays and Blue Jays flip-flop. Yeah, to be honest, I see a scenario in which the Blue Jays and Mariners end up as the four and five seeds, so they end up playing each other in that first round. I think the Rays um, end up finding a way to slip in as that last seed, which in typical Rays fashion is going to work out perfectly for them in their analytics department because they're going to go and run the Guardians in round one and find themselves in a good situation heading into the uh, second round of the playoffs there. But yeah, I see the Rays flirting with with dropping out of the playoffs and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if at one point or another down this last stretch of the season, if they find themselves out of the playoff picture, but I don't see them staying out of the playoff picture. They're just too good and too well run to do that. So yeah, that, that's kind of wraps up the entire stretch run picture. As we head down to the last month, month and a half of the season, it's getting, more and more clear as to who the real contenders are and and who aren't. But I don't know about you, Johnny. I think this has the potential to be one of the most exciting stretch stretch runs that we've seen in the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, I mean, probably, well, it's certainly not going to top 2011, the greatest greatest night of regular season baseball of all time, the last game of the... 2011 season but we've got several legit races nl east is probably the biggest one um if just for the you know mets braves rivalry al central is the only three-team division race still standing it's pretty rare that we get a three-team division race going down to the wire and both wildcard races are pretty intense too al has more contenders but the nl is more tightly bunched so both of those races should be pretty fascinating. Even though we've got most of the divisions locked up right now, it's still going to be a fascinating playoff push. Um, I'm sure we're both going to be scoreboard checking pretty much every day from here on out. So yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of Painting the Corners. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Later. Later.